and she'd have one hand on the tiller and one hand on a gin because gin is slimming apparently and uh, she would just tell these wonderful ghost stories so when I wanted to write about an archaeologist as well, Norfolk is absolutely rich in archaeology. It's been, been uh, occupied for a very, very long time. They found some of the earliest modern footprints in Haysborough in Norfolk. So um, the actual inspiration for setting them in Norwich came when I was walking across Titchwell Marsh. I don't know if you know Titchwell, a beautiful area of North Norfolk with my husband, Andy, who's an archaeologist. It's quite useful. Mm-hmm. Um, so we were walking across the marshland and Andy happened to mention that prehistoric people had thought that marshland sacred because it's neither land nor sea but something in between they thought of it as a kind of bridge to the afterlife neither land nor sea neither life nor death a liminal zone and that's why you find bodies buried there that's why you find bog bodies and treasure and sometimes uh, weapons mm-hmm. to mark that boundary and it sounds a bit corny but in in that second the whole idea for the first book the crossing places came to me really it's quite a beautiful notion that it's somewhere in between. Isn't it? Yes. I mean, um, yeah, I, I've seen that written before by you, uh, yeah. other quotes that people have said, and I just thought, no wonder you've got such a great idea. It's just... It's well, it's so... just such an interesting idea, isn't it? That sort of liminal zone, that sort of in-between place. Mm. And uh, I think that might be why we're so fascinated by places that are between land or sea. And it's something fascinating as well about places that are now land that have been sea and vice versa. So... Uh, anywhere with chalk was once under the sea so yeah have you ever been on an archaeological dig with your husband I I have not with him though no I think he'd just be too irritated by my (laughs) general uh laziness and and inability to concentrate without having a cappuccino but yes I have and it's it's just fascinating because archaeologists are so precise you know there are certain rules about about your section of the trench and, and it's all very 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 interesting yes what was the most exciting thing you found? Well, on the dig that I was on, they did find, it was a Roman, and they did find a, a, a Roman coin that was very exciting, apparently. Mm. So, but actually, the thing is, quite often, you don't find anything very much for a long time. And that's why, you know, sometimes when, when you, you see them on, you know, fictional versions of digs, you know, they dig for half an hour and they find the lost Ark of the Covenant, you know, that's just not going to happen. They dig for days and days and days. And I think that's something that actually has in common with police work, is that police work takes a lot longer than crime writers would have you believe, doesn't it? You know, it can take six months to get DNA results. Whereas, you know, in, in television, you know, CSI Miami, he just lifts up his sunglasses and asks for them and gets them, you know. But How much time does it take to do the research for your novels? It does depend a little bit. It takes about six months to write and maybe six months to research. But sometimes uh, I don't really know what I need to research till I've started writing. So and my rule is not to stop, is to keep going and then sort of go back and check this stuff. And sometimes in a really weird, spooky way, things that you thought wanted to be true actually turn out to be true. And there was an example of that in, I think it's book four, which is called A Room Full of Bones. And I was writing about Mother Julian, Julian of Norwich, and I really wanted her to have a cat. And then when I got to see the stained glass window in Norwich Cathedral, it does show Mother Julian with a tabby cat, just (laughs) how I'd imagined it. So, you know, sometimes that felt very spooky. Mm. You were working in publishing for a number of years. Did that help you with with your writing? Did you get an insight into maybe what is a good book or not so good or where you should be aiming? And, And did it help you with getting published? Do you know, working in publishing, which I loved, um, completely put me off writing, you know. <laughs> uh, I'd, I'd always wanted to be a writer, you know, I was 
when I was at school and I read English at university and all through that time really wanted to write. Then really lucky to get a job. I worked for HarperCollins uh, for a long time. I ended up being editorial director for children's fiction. And whilst I loved the job, it did put me off writing because publishing is is very commercial. It's, it's all about money. Of course it is. You know, that's the business. But it, it did make me not want to write so actually I didn't write my first book until I was on maternity leave and I've got twins who are 18 so that must have been 18 years ago so it wasn't really till I left publishing and did it help me get published possibly in that I did know the names of agents to to write to but really beyond that I don't think so really Um, and I think almost as I say almost did put me off because I felt I kind of knew a little too much about what went on behind the scenes and I think probably it's better not to think about it, really. But I have lovely publishers now. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're all very grateful that you did. (laughs) You did write your books and you're still writing your books. You mentioned that um, you've got your fictional university in your series and you are now working at a university or you were? Well, I work for, yes, um, I teach on a...